Welcome back to First Responders Bridge, the podcast. Vinny Montez has been a police officer for over 20 years and is also a comedian who does shows across the country. He has performed at 10 First Responders Bridge retreats. You're listening to First Responders Bridge, the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. And today we have Vinny Montez on with us. Vinny, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on the podcast. And Vinny, before we get started, just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what you do. Uh, well, my name is Vinny Montez. I'm uh, from Boulder, Colorado, and I work for the Boulder County Sheriff's Office in Colorado. I'm a commander there for night shift patrol, and I've been doing this for about 25 years. And aside from doing the law enforcement part of my life, uh, I'm an active stand-up comedian for the last 15 years, touring around the country now, uh, performing for all kinds of groups, including law enforcement and uh, EMS-type uh, venues. But Vinny, being that you are a commander at your department, knowing your uh, your sense of humor like we do, right? It's it's hard keeping those, or is it, is it hard keeping those separate, or does it actually help you dealing, you know, with your troops and with the public? How how is the balance there? Um. Well, let me just say what it's like. I think you know how like uh, Nancy Reagan and um, you know, the president's spouses have never looked at the spouse or the president as the president. They always look at him as just my husband, the person I grew up with. Nobody in my agency really looks at me as like Vinny Montez, this comedian guy. They all look at me as just the commander and um, he's the boss. And, you know, we're, that relationship, I don't ever feel like I do when I travel around the country because everybody just knows me within the agency. And it's not like I put on this facade or anything. I just who I am. Um, so it, I, I do try to find the humor uh, in everything that I deal with, but I don't know that some of my people would say that I'm always the most humorous individual, depending on what's <laughs> going on. It's upsetting what's going on in the circumstance because when I'm there, you know, I'm worried about the bigger picture and are we covering our basis everywhere we need to. So I may not come across as like the most humorous guy all the time. Um, so quite honestly, that's the, that's the truth. You know, I don't think people inside the agency look at me um, like everybody else does when they see Vinny, the comedian, cop comedian. You know, it's more funny and humorous because they don't work directly for me or with me. And uh, it's not like I'm mean or anything. Let me, let me just be clear about that. <laughs> But it's just a different setting. It's a business setting where some of the decisions I have to make, especially at the level that I'm at, they don't always make everybody happy. It doesn't appeal to the broad audience. And so I have to think because it impacts people in their day-to-day work life that maybe I don't, uh, they don't look at me that way. But I try to. I try to bring humor. And I would say they would, people might say that, yeah, he's not too – he's not that rough around the edges. So I don't know. It would be interesting to see what they overall have to say. Vinny, you're probably going to have to change that story because – only half of us sitting at this table. There's four of us here. Only Mick and myself know who Nancy Reagan is. Um, the other, the other two probably don't well, Mich- know who Mich- Nancy Reagan is. <laughs> Mich- Michelle Obama, Michelle Obama, or Doctor Biden, whichever you prefer. Um, you know that's uh, you. You touched upon something uh, pretty important there, I think, and um, that's uh, perspective and environments where we're at, and certainly. As uh, you as a commander, myself in the position I'm in, the role I'm in, um, perspective is really important, right? So we're not, we're not in those roles with our 22, 23-year-old mind and experience. We've seen a lot of things happen, uh, a lot of really bad things to a lot of really good people, both uh, cops and civilians. And uh, I know for me that, that drives decisions. That shapes 
how I make decisions. Do you see that uh, the same way? Oh, a hundred percent. Like I, there's a picture of me on the cover of us, I think USA today or whatever it was when I was at Explorer, I, I was in front of the job Ramsey house. And, you know, I knew a lot of the, I, I was not part of the investigation. Let's be clear about that. I was an explorer standing a post in front of the house and <laughs> that, that was my responsibility. And I really had no idea what I was doing. Um, but I did pay attention as a young person watching, you know, what unfolded as a result of that investigation. And a lot of those people I was very familiar with and, you know, they ended up, um, you know, really impacting a lot of careers as a result of that. So like when we get a missing kid today, you know, my mindset immediately goes to, especially if it's a very small young child, you know, we send everybody we possibly can. And, you know, we want to get the cooperation of the parents right away. And if there's any pushback there, there, you know, those should be red flags going off for us right away. And it's only because of that experience that I lived through that I, you know, have developed this sense of like, we don't have a lot of time and we've got to figure out what's going on right away, especially if the child's, you know, five, six, four years old. Um, there's not, there's not much time. So that, Watching what happened to my my friends and some of the people I um, grew up watching uh, and what unfolded from that was really a big deal. And so I just always told myself, look, I may upset some people because we're you know sending the whole throwing the whole kitchen sink at it. But there are certain things in our career we can't play with and we have to really do that and throw the investigative effort toward it. And I know that a lot of the people, <clears throat> when we have those instances pop off, don't understand why the resource intensive maybe. Uh, that I'll, I'll I'll insist upon, but that's just drawing back on those experiences. You don't know what you don't know until you've experienced it. And um, I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. And, and it's not just in that, you know, we always have to think broader picture. What is the unintended consequences of the action that we take on a certain scene or how we deal with it? Sometimes, a lot of times uh, in an investigation at the outset, you only get one shot to get it as right as possible. You're never going to get it perfect, but to get it as right as possible and taking those little extra moments to reflect on what you might need to do or maybe close a couple doors so the investigation can't be, you know, pushed through or, you know, poles, poles poked through it later on. Those are all things that we have to do as people that are experienced in this. And the, and the only thing I tell my troops all the time is the only thing that separates you from me is just the amount of time you've been on the job. I'm not, I'm not any better than you are. You know, there's no difference, but just simply the experience. That's awesome. That's, that's good. That's good advice. Um, Vinny, do you have, um, I want to get back to comedy really quick. Do you have people, especially police officers, do you ever have police officers reach out with suggestions for jokes, uh, maybe for something that they've experienced on the job, like some of the stuff that they've seen? Yeah, I don't have people like reach out to me by the phone or email. They usually come up to me right after a show and they'll be like, hey, man, I got to tell you this story. And this is what happened to me. And they always tell me, hey, you have the right to use this. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But a lot of the times, like, <laughs> unfortunately a lot of the times the stories that they tell me are so contextual like what i mean is like only if you were there in that moment could you want to understand it given the complexities of the relationships or what was going on it's kind of like they want to tell me the inside joke of what happened to them in a certain situation which i totally love i love that they're sharing one story with me but to take that broadly and to share that experience understand the dynamic of the relationships that were occurring might be a little bit difficult but there are people who've given me a lot of suggestions um, that I, you know, I take heat of and I'm like, how could I write that? How could I make it into a skit? Um, so yeah. And I, I gotta tell you, honestly, what makes me feel so good about that is not that they're, um, trying to share their story with me, which I definitely want to hear, but the fact that I impacted them enough to listen to what I was saying 
and evoking that emotion in them that they felt comfortable enough to come up and say something to me that I connected with them on that level. That is what really humbles me out and just, I'm so grateful for it. Vinny, do you think, um, when you're up there on stage, um, going through, uh, all of your comedy, I, I know, I know here in Columbus, 2020 was a, uh, it was a traumatic year for all cops, uh, many first responders. And, and to this date, there's a lot of people that hang on to that. And, uh, the, uh, social unrest, civil unrest that we saw. Um, do you, do you find that comedy breaks down barriers with some people in your crowd? Absolutely. It, it breaks down barriers on two planes. The first plane is people who don't understand the law enforcement field. I bring them into our world and they don't even know they're coming into our world. And then all of a sudden they may have this perspective of, you know what, I really don't like police officers. And then after the show, they come up to me and they say, are you really a cop? And I say, yeah, I'm really a cop. And they're like, oh my God, I've never met a funny cop in my entire life. And then I'm like, well, I'm not surprised because, you know, 90%, 99% of the time that people have contact with police, they're getting a ticket or they're on a call and something bad is happening. So they get to see us in a different light where, you know, and I say this on stage, nobody calls the cops when you know, good things are happening. Hey, my son graduated. We're having an anniversary. Hey, we're having a dinner for our family. Nobody invites the cops or calls 911 for those things. It's only when there's travesty and bad stuff occurring, right? And then the other plane that it's it's impacting is the men and women who are doing the job that we're doing today. And I think that is even uh, makes me even more happy because they get to see that um, I'm humanizing that badge and expressing some of the stories that we have and making fun of it because you can't really joke when you're on duty. You can behind the scenes. And I've, I've demonstrated that performing at the bridge before talking about the dark humor. You can't really joke around when you're in the real world and dealing with real stuff. Cause people think, Oh, you're laughing at them. But humor, if, if people really knew the true inside stories of the cops, humor by far is the number one thing that keeps everybody going. If anybody, you guys have sat in briefings, you've been on those bad calls where, you know, the public is not present. Uh, and people are joking around in order to survive what's going on. Uh, so to be able to see somebody in my position on stage emulating what we do and how we do it, I think that just brings a lot of joy. And um, I think actually I've seen some more people become stand-up comedians that are police officers now. And people are like, well, how do you feel about that? I'm like, that's great. You know, whatever people got to do, there's always room for everybody in the field. Uh, so I'm very proud of them. And it's just a, uh, it's just a really good blessing for me to see that I'm letting people into our world because – we are normal people. We're just like everybody else. We have bills to pay. We have kids that have problems. We have marriage issues. We have relationship issues. We're just like everybody else. That's right. That's right. And again, that brings it back to, man, that's really what you're doing with Humanize the Badge is just really breaking down that barrier and saying, we are just like we are just like you, right? We go home to our families at the end of the day, just like you do. Um, Vinny, I don't know if you the know only, this. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. The only other thing I was going to add is I really felt in 2020 was probably, you know, not was not only was it COVID, but it was a tough year for law enforcement and I couldn't sit idly by anymore. And that's when I released the video with my sheriff's permission. You don't know me um, where I didn't attack anybody. I just said, you know, get to know your local law enforcement people. And it was that five minute video talking about us and how we um, deal with what's going on out there. And I got to tell you, if I wouldn't have been able to do that video, I probably would have become uh, a little bit more depressed because that really, I felt like I got to say truly speak on only what I was feeling, but on behalf of 
most every law enforcement officer around the country that wanted to say what I said. And I, and I wrote that out. That wasn't something I just did off the cuff. I, I actually wrote that out. And I want to make sure I didn't attack anybody or say anything that was inappropriate, but just truly expressed what we were feeling from the law enforcement community um, as a result of everything that was going on. And sometimes putting pen to paper, and I only bring this up, the reason I'm focusing on this right now is I didn't realize for me, even giving a short speech like that, how much of an impact that would have on people, mm. um, both sides. And it's not just the comedy stuff when I'm doing, when I'm up on stage, but you know, anytime we have a chance to speak out and say what we're going to do, we have to be careful not to attack people, but get our message across. And a lot of people it resonated with, if you haven't had a chance to see that video, it's called, you don't know me. Uh, it went viral and it got a lot of media attention, which was made me very happy because I got to expose how we were feeling about it. Uh, to a very broad audience, which I, I felt was a good thing for everybody. That's fantastic. If you have not seen that video, please go check it out. It is it is very awesome. Um, Vinny, I don't know if you know this or not, but after the first time you did a show at at one of the bridge retreats, a lady approached my dad and, and said, thank you for, for having, having you there um, to do stand-up. And she said that her husband hasn't laughed in years and just laugh the entire time and couldn't stop. And, and that does that stuff must make you feel good knowing that you're really helping people through your comedy. Do you get people that come up to you and, and say stuff like that on a normal basis? Yeah, I do. And it's so weird because, um, <laughs> I'm going to see how I want to say this. There are those people in our world who like, they don't ever show any emotion, whether it be crying or laughing who are very bottled up, like they, they have the top button button. And, and I'm just saying that um, isn't it? It's just like a metaphor. Uh, they're very stoic and they, they don't allow a lot of emotion to go out and they just let that stuff build and build and build. And I worry about those people the most. And I get people coming up to me, especially spouses being like, he hasn't laughed or she hasn't laughed like that in forever. And so that really tells me that I resonated with them because um it, it, it is a uh, it's something that um, really feels good to me. We had that. Uh, I always think back and I'll never forget. But um, Woodcock or whatever that lady was yelling out right in the back. <laughs> yes. And it ended up coming back to. And, and there's this like ongoing joke. I don't know how Mick feels about it, but like there's this ongoing joke where people say stuff during my show at the bridge. And I'm like trying to be all innocent and, uh, you know, stay within the within the norms of, or within the guidelines of what Mitch established or Mick establishes for me and Mick's like in the back of the room and somebody will inevitably say something and I'll yell back to Mick. I'm like, Mick, I didn't say a word. I was just standing up here minding my own business. Now we're talking about Woodcock and people are like running around, you know, and you look at the audience, which I know Mick doesn't have a chance to look from my perspective. And I've, from the stage of the bridge, I have watched people spit pieces of pretzel um, <laughs> halfway across the room. I've seen soda come through noses. I've seen people like almost choke in the front first couple of rows. Cause I can't really see past the first couple of rows because the lighting system is so good now. And then you can just hear people. And then you have those people that are laughing so hard that they laugh off beat. Like everybody else is done laughing, but they're not. And they'll laugh and that'll cause the entire audience to laugh again. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. That is my favorite part of the show because if we can get to the point where the whole audience is laughing off of other people laughing in the audience, I have, in my, in my, in my, from my perspective, I've met the mission. And um, so, yeah, people coming up to me asking about that stuff, but I truly enjoy watching people lose their minds. And it's weird. Not every joke that I tell resonates with every single person. 
but you, you know, when I do your guys show, um, I try to mix it up and I'll be like, all right, here's one for the dispatchers, you know, cause and there'd be only like four of them in the room. And I know some of the people that have nothing to do with dispatch may not understand or relate to it as well, but looking at them and watching them lose their minds for a little bit, this group is so important to reach everybody that you got to think about ways to involve all the groups. And I think that people come up to me after the show and they say, yeah, you know what, man, that's awesome. Thank you for including us and not forgetting us. And even the people when we only have like one correctional officer, I think they feel like they're getting um, a little bit of love as well. Well, even when you do the, uh, what's the siren, the siren impersonation, you do this side of the street and this side of the street, it's, it's getting people up, it's getting them involved. And yes. that, that's always been one of my favorites because it gets people in, you know, involved with the show. Right. Oh yeah. And so I've done stuff now where I do like little short bits of songs to get people going. Um, you know, when I don't have an opener or anything like that, I got to make sure we get everybody going. And I think I broke my record for you guys last time I was there. I can't remember what was it, an hour and 40 minutes or something like that. Something like that. It was, it was my favorite yeah. one. And awesome. I'll, well, I had I'll, a great time. I'll tell you, Vinny, uh, you know, that there are times at the bridge that it's so heavy um, and it feels like people are getting things off their chest and shoulders that you're like, man, oh man, this is heavy. I mean, you walk out of the room and you're just, you're tired from, from the heaviness in the room. And there've been times that uh, many of us have said, man, when is Vinny on? <laughs> because yeah. you, you bring a light to the room and um, you know, I, I talk at work about um, having a plan B for officer, the officers you talked about the, the you and me when we were 22 or 23 and you didn't have a plan B that, that your identity was a police officer. It was a sheriff. It was a deputy. Um, and um, I, that that's perspective again, right? With the years that pass, I think you realize that, you have to be involved in something bigger than yourself, and you certainly are. How does it? I'm sure you. I'm sure you're cognizant of that. That um, your comedy has a bigger impact on public safety and and those outside of public safety than than uh, you probably realized when you started it. How does that feel? Yeah, um, man. I may, you know, let's, let's get deep. You're talking about heavy and deep. Look, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I am a softy inside and I will be honest with you. There have been people that brought me to tears watching the impact that comedy has on them uh, because they hadn't been able to laugh. It's kind of like, I hate to be cliche, but they say comedy is the best medicine. And it is like when you're laughing and you can feel that, those endorphins release and you're not worried about uh, what was on your mind before you came to the show. That's a big deal to me. If I could take you out of your mind for an hour and give you reprieve to just like let go and release. And sometimes, you know, in order to make headway, you got to release a little bit before you can move forward. And you maybe have to stay, step, take a couple steps back before you can move forward. You can't just always push through every obstacle. And I always think of my comedy as like a reset for people sometimes where they come to a show and they're just like wound up and people have drug them to a show for whatever reason, or they're at a show doing a conference that they don't necessarily, they were voluntold that they're going to go to. And lo and behold, there comes this big chubby Mexican guy, Vinny Montez, who takes the stage and they don't know what they're going to have, but by the end of it, they're rolling and they're not worried about the problems that they were worried about. And it gives them a chance to just see, you know, 
sometimes when you're struggling with something so hard, you don't, you can't see the other side, but if you're just step back from the problem or the obstacle and you just take a bigger look, you can actually navigate the obstacle. And that's kind of what I feel like my comedy is sometimes for people is it gives them a chance to step back from their real life at, for just a little while and take a different look at it because now their whole mind is different. Like you're negative about something, no matter what you want to do, it's going to be negative. It's not until you choose to be like, look, I need to look at this a different way. Um, so yeah, I think that the impact from my comedy, it has an impact on people that I'll never know. It's simply like, I will say it has an impact on what cops do. We never know whatever happens to the people that we have a contact with. And whether we stop that DUI kid who was driving down the road drunk, that person may have taken people's lives. We will never know what happened because of the intervention that the officer had contacting them. Mm. We never know from that kid that we go uh, to a call because kid called 911 because mom and dad were fighting and one of the parents was abusing the other and the cops showed up and they interceded. They, we don't know whether stopped a homicide or even additional abuse and made that kid realize, Hey, you know what? Maybe I could be a police officer in the future. These people help my family. We don't know whatever happened. So I think comedy and uh, law enforcement for me have a lot of parallels. I don't know what happens with the people that I get to see and entertain, but I certainly hope, and I know that there's some that have the positive outcome that say, you know what? I need to look at life a little bit differently. And if that's just happened to a couple people over the course of my career doing comedy, well, then God bless them. And thank you for that opportunity to have an impact. Vinny, as we wind down here and as, uh, as you start looking towards your future, do you see yourself continuing your comedy shows? And this is really a two part question because, um, how can people contact you if, if they would like to schedule a show or if they would like to reach out to you, how can they do that as well? So it's really easy to get a hold of me. Everything, all my handles on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. It's all Vinny Montez, V-I-N-N-I-E Montez. Uh, real simple. And then if they just go to VinnyMontez.com, they can say, click on book a show and they put in their information. We'll ask, you know, what it's for, who it's for, where we're going. And um, uh, the, my agent will get a hold of them and we'll work it out. Uh, one of the things I, I wanted to say here, uh, just if you'll allow me to, is just at the beginning of, my comedy career, things were starting to go really well for me. And uh, <laughs> this guy named Mick Yinger reached out to me and he says, look, man, we don't have a whole lot of a budget. And he's like, will you come out? And some of the things that I, if there's one thing I could say about being a comedian and a cop, I never got to where I am today because of Vinnie Montez. Let me say that one more time. I never got to where I'm at today, either in my police career or my comedy career because of what I did solely. It was because there was always somebody who helped me along the way, took the time to guide me while I was a young officer who thought he knew it all, people who invested in me. In my comedy career, it's been the same way. People have given me opportunities and stuff. And, you know, when Mick reached out to me, I was like, I need to do this show because it's not always about making tons of money. It's about doing what needs to be done to help others out. And I took the chance to work with Mick and I could have said no. And I said, nope, we're going to make this work. And I got to tell you, it's probably one of the best decisions I ever made in my life just because of the Elijah, the friends that I've made through Mick, Renee and everybody else that's part of the bridge who are impacting other people. And when I go there, I always feel like I'm at home at the bridge and uh, I've never felt any differently. And I just sit back and I look at uh, the people that are in that room trying to impact those people. And I'm just amazed that it's always the same consistent effort. And as I've started with the bridge, uh, 
we went from having uh, some not so good sound gear to the most amazing lighting and sound gear in the world. And it's always the same people putting the same effort and they don't care how tired they are and they don't care how much work it takes, but they always get the job done. And I just want to say I'm very proud to be part of this group and a participant in the bridge. Vinny, I'm going to say for, for one law enforcement professional to another, uh, your humility and selflessness, that makes me a fan of you. Just just that, humility and selflessness. You're funny too, but that takes a backseat to the other things. So I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Vinny, thank you so much for taking the time to to talk to us. It's all, it's always a pleasure. And again, we love the you know the friendships and the partnership that we have with you. And and we hope that continues on for as long as humanly possible because we we just love being friends with you and uh, love the relationship we have with you. But um, before we finish up here, I want to do our praise of the day as always. And this one is out of North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. There is a police officer who had a a great saving action recently and. This is on June 11th. This happened. This officer stopped a, a white Jeep Wrangler and walked up to the car and noticed that the driver seemed a little distressed. And when the passenger looked away for a second to get his license, the driver mouthed, help me, help me, help me. So the officer separated the two and was able to talk to the driver privately. And she said, hey, the passenger just, you know, just killed somebody and I need help. So that she was able to, uh, because of her discretion and because of, um, how how much attention she was paying to the scene she was able to take the proper um necessary action and and save that lady and get her the help that she needed so congratulations to that officer and a, and a job well done that was that was fantastic work done Vinny, we appreciate your time today and uh we look forward to seeing you in august well I look forward to seeing you as well august is going to be it oh my gosh i got like eight shows i think they're in august it's gonna be crazy um <laughs> So, yeah, I'm excited to come back out there. I've also been doing some more research on the food in Columbus, so uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'll be, I'll be taking some variety trips out to check out the different local fare. That's awesome, my friend. We appreciate it. Uh, continued success, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. That's all we have for you guys today, and we will see you next time on First Responders Bridge, the podcast. If you do not already, subscribe, give us a good rating so that we can continue providing you with these these shows and help take first responders from hurting to healing. Thank you, guys. We'll see you on the next episode.